0: Welcome back if you're just joining us now. It's good to be back. Oh. Just wonderful to have feedback, to hear people, to see the excitement, to hear the kids. Oh, it's good. It's good. That's why we're doing a, a series a little differently now with the kids in here. And uh so we are on our second week of our 10-week Everybody series on the 10th command, so we're going you to love Ten Commandments. You're back. All right, welcome
1: back, Bobby and Sally. Everybody, kill him if you love him, what do you
2: do now, Bobby? Bobby, are you okay in there? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just watching a NASCAR race on my cell phone, brought to you by Acme Wireless on the NASCAR app.
1: But Bobby, we're in church.
2: Yeah. But my favorite driver, Johnny John Johnson, is going for his fourth win in a row. And nobody's done that since uh Jeff Gordon in 1998. And I'm pretty sure they pulled the cars with the horse back then in the olden days.
1: But Bobby, when we're in church, we're supposed to be focused on God.
2: I know, but now the pastor's up there and he's just like, meh, 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 meh. Me, me 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 and I just don't follow what he's saying.
1: Bobby, I get it, but God is still more important than NASCAR. He's supposed to be number one over everything.
2: I know, but the the pastor guy said that God has been there forever and He's gonna be there forever. And NASCAR's just like three hours long, so I don't know why I can't just take a break and watch NASCAR instead of pray to God.
1: Because, Bobby, God is more important. Even if it takes longer, we still have to put God before NASCAR. And, Bobby, do you remember last time when you got in trouble and you had to sit on the stool for 45 minutes?
2: Yeah, it wouldn't have been so bad if I could have watched NASCAR on my phone, though.
1: Mom's not going to let you do that, Bobby.
2: Okay, I suppose I can come back into church.
1: You probably should so Mom doesn't get mad because she sent me to check on you.
2: Okay, don't tell Mom, okay?
1: Okay, I won't. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's go.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, give it up for Bobby and Sally. Wow. That was wonderful. Oh, my goodness, how easy it is to love what God created more than He himself. And so today we're going to be digging into our first two commandments. We're going to cover two in one week because they are so much alike. And so we're going to be talking about, well, really what we like to do in kids ministry. And that is a big idea. We're going to cover a big idea today or what maybe some people would call the thesis or the center point of the message. And and today's big idea is I am created to love God first. And so kids, I'm going to need your help today to help your parents because this is participatory kind of activity. We're going to stand up on your feet every time you hear this sound. It's coming, don't worry. Say, what? That wasn't very loud. Try it again. Hey, what's the big idea? You're going to stand up on your feet and you're going to say, I am created to love God first. All right, don't worry, you'll have another chance at that in just a little bit. So we're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 6 today. And so you can follow along in your Bibles if you have it. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. We will have a little bit of it up there, but if I put the whole thing up there, it would be in like 10 slides and my poor son would have been pointing the finger a lot and that would have caused some issues. So it says this, you must not have any other gods but me. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it, boys and girls back there? I see you, I see you, I see you back there. You must not have any other gods but me. You must not make for yourself an idol, which if you don't know what that is, we'll talk about that in just a second, of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. (laughs) For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even the children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I love how God does this. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commandments. I think this is pretty clear that God has established that we are to love him before anything else. We are to put him first and not any idol. But what is an idol? If you are a student today, that's probably not something that you use at school very often. What is an idol? Well, I want to take you back to where this all began. Now, this is not the first account of what an idol is in scripture, but it's the best example we have right away in the scriptures. After God gives Moses these Ten Commandments, we see in Exodus 32 what an idol is. Now, for those of you who've been in the church for a while, you probably recognize this story really well, but it's the story of the golden calf. And in Exodus 32, we'll just read verses 1 through 8. We'll get a good idea of what an idol is. And then we're going to break it down to what is an idol in the year 2020. Because an idol is not going to look like a golden calf last time I checked, unless you guys have seen a golden calf around lately. Um, I know that they have statues of calf or cows in Wisconsin um, because they like that kind of stuff, I guess, but um, that they're a bunch of sinners, according to Ryan. I love it. So let, let, let's take a look and see what it is in the Bible, and then we'll bring it to the year 2020. When Moses failed to come back down the mountain right away, again, he's just getting his 10 commandments from God, the people went to Aaron, his sidekick, said, look, make us some gods who can lead us. This man Moses, who brought us here from Egypt, has disappeared. We don't know what has happened to him. So Aaron said, tell your wives and your sons and daughters to take off their gold earrings and then bring them to me. All the people obeyed Aaron brought him their gold earrings. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it and tooled it into the shape of a calf. That's interesting. The people exclaimed, Oh Israel, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. I'm not really sure how that happened, but okay. Let's just keep reading. When Aaron saw how excited the people were about it, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Or the calf, I guess. I don't know. So the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. And after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and indulged themselves in pagan revelry. Now, this is not good, right? Amen. They're worshiping false gods and they're doing the things that they weren't supposed to do that worship these gods. Like, they totally rejected God already. Like, it's just been a few days. Then the Lord told Moses, quick! Quick! Go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. They have already turned from their way. I commanded them to live. They have made an idol shaped like a calf and they have worshipped and sacrificed it. They are saying, these are your gods or Israel who brought you out of Egypt. Okay. So in the Old Testament, they created these images of beings. Now today we kind of have an idea of what that looks like. You know, we have like statues of Buddha or these massive temples where they have these, these false gods that they've created to, to make them appear to be like a being of some kind. Whether it's an animal or some made up being. That's what these people did. But we don't have that so much in America. I mean, we do have a little bit, but that's not common. So what does that look like? in the year 2020. Well, I like this uh, definition of what an idol is. It says anything apart from God that we depend on, now get this, to make us happy, fulfilled, or secure. Anything that we depend on to make us happy, fulfilled, or secure. When we put our hope in that over God, that has become an idol. When we put our joy in something above God, that becomes our idol. I like how Kevin Sandy put it. He said, it is something we love and pursue more than God. Now, I can remember that one. That other one might be a little long, but it's something we love and pursue more than God. It's put itself in God's place in our life. Yet, as God clearly told Moses, in hey, 20, What's the big idea? Stand to your feet and say, I you guys are pros at this already. I feel like I'm back in extreme kids. This is awesome. But now I want to explain very briefly that this does not mean that you cannot have fun. Many people look at God in the Old Testament and they say, God is so boring. He's such a lawmaker. We can't have any fun. We can't do anything. We can't go out and have fun. That's not what God Wants for you. Listen to Ecclesiastes two twenty four through twenty six. I think this says it so perfectly. It, and this is again King Solomon. Uh, once was noted as the wisest person on earth. Now, of course, we don't know exactly what that means in today's society, but at his time, he was the wisest person, and everybody came to hear his wisdom from around the world, at least that known world. And so he pens these words. So I decided. There is nothing better than to enjoy food, drink, and to find satisfaction in work. It's a joy. You should like it. And then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. God wants you to have fun. And as Exodus 20 says, he wants to lavish his unfailing love on his children. If you've made him the Lord of your life, if you have made God first place, he wants to lavish his unfailing love on you. But that passage in Exodus 20 also says that he is a jealous God. Now, when we think of jealousy, it's usually not in a good way, right? Like, jealousy in our world is, like, pretty selfish. Like, I want it for me. God's not that way. God's jealousy, I I like to look at as protective and personal. He wants to have you in His presence. He wants you to be protected. And so when He is jealous, He's longing for you to be in the best place with Him possible. And he will do anything to keep you in that, other than force you to be within that. And so he is a jealous God who wants you to have fun, wants you to have joy, but he wants to have you in a place where you can be fulfilled to the fullest of how you were created in his image. Which leads us to today's sword drill. And Mrs. Tina is going to come on up here today and she's going to lead you in our sword drill. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the sword drill is because she's going to give you a little explanation of how a sword drill works. Because some of you, maybe you've forgotten how sword drills work. And she's going to help you to make sure that you are all settled in how you do this. So, Mrs. Tina, um, maybe the red mic would be the best one for you. There, you there go. we go.
1: Downstairs in Kids Church, we do sword drills. So what we do is we give you a reference from the Bible. And when we play music, you're going to try and dig through your Bible and find that verse as quickly as you can. When you have it, you yell, got it, and run right up here. And the first one to come up here gets to read it for us. So, but when we start... Typically, you would have your Bible on your head, but we like to shake things up a bit downstairs. So today, if you want to participate in your sword drill, we'll have you stand up and I'm going to have you put your Bible under your arm. Hopefully, you're not too sweaty today. But I'll have you put your Bible under the uh, under your arm. I will give you our reference, and then when you hear the music, you can go ahead and start looking for that verse. All right, so today's verse is going to be Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. So Matthew 22, 37 through 38. So if are going to participate, I'll have you stand up, put your Bible under your arm. And when you hear the music, you can start looking. There you go.
3: All
1: right. Matthew 22, 37, and 38. That's right. I got my Bible.
3: Screaming north in your revival. I'm going with me. Call me back.
1: Who's going to get it? 22, 37 through
3: 38. Let's
1: see. All right, keep looking. If you haven't found it yet, there's still time. we will give you a little bit more time. You've got it. All right. Mr. Noah, can you read those two verses for us? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Amen. All right. Pastor Luke, back to you.
0: That was awesome. Man. We have such an awesome Extreme Kids team. I just love having all these people come on up here and help out with the service. I, I'm really starting to dig this family service thing. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever want to go back to the old way. So, um, don't be surprised if we don't. You never know what I might pull out. Um, so I'm just going to read the verse for you one more time. And I encourage you. I know that last time we didn't get any participants and I said, uh, we're going to draw a name for a person to win for the Ingram's Candy Store $20 gift card. Well, only my kids got to submit, so I'm going to go buy them their own $20, $20 worth of candy later. But uh, I encourage you to uh, to video it and put it up on our Facebook page. Or send it to me and I'll put it up there for you. Whatever works for you. But this is really fun. I don't know about you, but I really like seeing kids on Facebook saying these verses. It's hey, so cool. what's the big idea? Stand up on your feet and say... All right, I never did read the passage, did I, Liam? So how about you go back to that, and uh, we'll read Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 38, and then we'll get into the next section. All right, so Jesus replied after the Pharisees and all the teachers of religious law were like, oh, you know, trying to frame him, trying to get him to look like he's, he's a nobody and trying to defame him. They asked him, and then, what is the biggest, most important rule? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So, many in here today may be thinking, I want to love God first. I realize that there are things other than statues that can be idols that I can put first in my life. We can make a long list of them. For Bobby, it was NASCAR. Maybe there's somebody else in here who has a love for NASCAR and sometimes NASCAR might go before them in their relationship with God. But there's other things. There could be careers. We're so surrounded by having to work and trying to go forward and try to make something out of our life that we put everything into it and it crowds out God in our life, our time with God. Uh, it could be school. We, we want to get good grades. I hope students, you want to get good grades. Um, good grades get you into college, which gets you a good career and save you a ton of money if you really get good grades and you don't have to you know, pay for all of your college. You get scholarships. All of these are good things. But when they crowd out Jesus in your life, It becomes an idol. And as we've already learned very clear, God wants us to put him first. Because when we do that, we're in that safe place. We're being protected. We're in the best possible place we can be. But how do we do that? How do we get to the point where we willingly want to enter into that place with Jesus? Where we say, you know what? That hockey game is on right now, but I know that I I need to spend time with Jesus right now, and I'm going to shut that TV off or that phone off, and I'm going to spend some time with my God because I know I haven't done that yet today, and if he is first in my life, I'm going to do that. How do we get to that place where we can willingly do that and those other things that we do love, our phones, our jobs, Well, maybe not so much our jobs. We have to do our jobs, but those things that we love, they become less and less of the main thing in our hearts. Well, the first point I believe that we need to to get to in order to, to have that desire, that joy of being in God's presence is to encounter God's love. Finding joy in loving God begins when I encounter God's love. When I encounter. First John four nineteen says, we love because of God's love for us. I can't say it any more succinct than that. Any more clear than that. If you want to get past all these things that come before God in your life, you need to encounter his love. You have to counter his love. And for some people today whether you're watching online or you are here in person and you've been struggling with putting God first in your life and that struggle of I want to put God first but I just can't that 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 TV show or that that social media or whatever it just pulls on me and I get wrapped in and before I know it I I've crowded God out my whole day is gone or my kids they just take so much and I just don't have time this is not an option we are called To love God first. But it begins when we encounter God first. Now this is something that we can understand in our personal lives. Maybe maybe you've experienced this before. Somebody who loves you. Maybe it could be your spouse. The reason why you were drawn to that person maybe years and years ago was because you felt that they loved you. And so you were immediately drawn to them and immediately you wanted to love them. I have an example for you that happened to me on Memorial Day. Every year on Memorial Day, we do this thing in our CrossFit gym called the Murph. If you've never heard of the Murph before, Google it. It's a ridiculous exercise workout routine that takes, depending on where you're at in your physique, it could take from anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and a half, depends on where you're at. It's an amazing workout. So this last workout, <laughs> this last year on Memorial Day, we did it. And we had to do the social distancing thing, so we had to do it outdoors, and we had to be our six feet apart. And so we were in stations close to other people, and the guy who was closest to me was the coach's son. His name is Gary Sorvig, maybe some of you know him, and uh, great guy, great guy. But we were working out, and about halfway through, he just starts encouraging me. And just kept saying things like, man, you don't slow down. You are just killing it. Luke, you are an awesome, like, you are, I don't know how you do this. You just, you don't stop. You keep pressing in. And the love that I experienced when I was in his presence, I absolutely want to be around him right now. I I, I told the coach, his son, I'm like, you got to get your dad in here. He's got to be in our classes. Like, this guy is a must in any situation, to, to create that culture of acceptance. He, he's just an amazing man. I've had other people in my life, and maybe you've had people like that too, where you just walk into their presence and you f- immediately feel loved. And you immediately want to reciprocate that love to them right now. That's the kind of love that I think of when we encounter God. We walk into His presence and it's like, I gotta be here. I I can't not be here. I've got to be here. This love is so accepting, so powerful. It brings me peace. It brings me joy. But yet, just like any encounter, you quickly forget it, don't you? And though much like my coach's dad, Gary, in a few weeks, I'll forget about that encounter I had with him. And it'll happen again where I will meet him in the street or back at the gym maybe a couple of years away and, and we'll get talking again. I'll be like, oh, how could I forget this man's love? Like, what have I been doing? I should be in this guy's presence right now. I think of that of Catherine's dad as well. Every time I'm in his presence, I'm just like, why can't you be two hours closer? Every time I walk in his presence, I'm like, I just want to hang out with him. Like, Jim, Jim, if you're ever going to listen to this, please move closer to Thief River Falls so I can hang out with you all the time. You're, you're, you're getting older now. You need to retire. Come over our way. But that's the kind of love I think of when I think of the father's love. Absolutely. Wonderful, confident love. And it's so easily forgotten when we push him away and we spend time doing other things. We get lost covering it with junk. That is not bad. God, God, God allowed things like our phones. He's allowed things like sports, jobs, families. All these things are good. But when we put them in the place of what God was intended to be in our life, they don't match up. we lose out on the best thing for us and so the second thing i want to highlight today is after you've encountered god's love experiencing love and the resulting joy can only occur when i intentionally devote time to it right you have to make time for it because you'll get too busy The kids will drive you crazy and you'll be doing a million things with them. The work will just fill your schedule, filled, packed to the brim. The TV will have programs on that will look really appealing. We have to devote time. We have to be intentional or we'll lose that time with the most loving Father you could ever be in the presence of. I see this in the Gospels in Luke chapter 10. Just a few verses I want to read for you in in this passage in Luke 10. Again, another fairly popular story many of you may have heard before. It's the story of Mary and Jesus and, of course, her sister Martha. Now, Mary could have been doing a lot of things right at this time. She could have been like her sister, busy doing things. She could have been busy hanging out with her friends. But Mary saw... What was most important, time with her Savior, the one who came as the image of the Father. And so verse 38 says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. It was a good thing. She welcomed them. Very hospitable. Her sister Mary, though, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are so upset over all the details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. I won't take it away from her. God is waiting for you to experience and encounter that same truth. It starts with an encounter. And for those of you who have encountered that love of the Father, the second thing, once you've encountered that, it's to keep encountering it. That love... It fades away. It'll be forgotten. And it'll get crowded out by a million things. You and I were created to love God first. Louis Giglio stated this as the worship team comes back up and we prepare for what God is speaking to us today. He says, worship, or may I say, spending time with God, is our response to what we value the most. That's good. Worship or our time with God is our response to what we value the most. And as a result, worship fuels our action, becoming the driving force in all you do. You're, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. You are created to be in the presence of God, to spend time with Him, to devote your time every day to being in His presence. Don't rob yourself of that. This is crucial. This is it. This is where everything you do comes out of. That time. It's that time. And so I've got thinking about this, you know, over the past two weeks, I've had an extra week to, to process this message, and what I keep coming back to is, is this question of, what do I value the most? And so we're going to have this, this time of worship in just a moment. I don't want you to ask yourself that question: What do I value the most in my life? Now this doesn't mean that it, that it takes first place in your relationship, but what do you value? Is it things? Do you value things such as your sports or movies, uh, cars, your house, fishing, boating, whatever it is? Or is it power? Is it a career? Is it money? Is it is it education? Is it rising up in the ladder of whatever it might be that you're a part of? Or is it people? Do you value your friends? Your spouse, child, parents, teachers, even your neighbors or bosses or your social media where you find your identity through. what? What is it that you value? We have a bunch of papers that you can write down those lists. We have an a eight-minute song, so you have plenty of time to let God really work in your heart. I want you to make a list of those things right now. Don't wait till you get home because you'll forget about it. It's just natural. We're going to forget about it. And then when we get close to the end, you know, you have some time to write down. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to circle the one that you know is the thing that creeps in most often in your life and takes out that time with God. What is that? Because here's the thing today. God stopped at nothing. To pay the price necessary for you to be in his presence. It's going to take sacrifice for you to put aside some of these things to be in his presence. It's not going to come easy. This is not an easy call to action today. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice for myself. And many of us, we've already had to put some of these things aside. If you're a sports fan, these last three months have not been fun for you. Because you've had to put aside that idol. And maybe it's been really hard But I think it's probably the best thing, at least it's been for me, to put those things aside so that I've had the opportunity to really process through what is God speaking to me. And I've encountered some pretty amazing things because I've done that. And that is my heart for you, that you would do the same. And so whether you're going to spend some time just processing whether you just want to stand up and like encounter God's presence right now because you just want to soak it in and it's been a long time since you could be in his his sanctuary his place where where he, his presence just seems to be evidence so much more clear than other places whatever it is spend this time to allow God to speak to you and to clarify for you what it is that he wants you to do so, Father, thank you for this time again to be together, Father, to, to hear the rustling and, and the, the noises and, and hear the responses and see the faces and the smiles and, and see you working on hearts, God. This is, this is so valuable. And I pray, Father, that we don't forget the beautiful thing called gathering together to worship, Father, to spend time together encountering your presence and Father, I pray for those who may be going through a, a very difficult season right now. Father, I pray your hand would go in. You would provide where provisions are needed. You would speak where, where people feel depressed or full of anxiety. Father, you would meet them there. God, there's nothing, nothing too big that you can't handle. And there's nothing too small that you don't see and you don't care about. And so, Father... We ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus, you would come down and you would pour your spirit on your people right now and fill them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: you and keep you make his face shine on you be gracious to you and give you peace may you know his love today from the top of your head to the tips of your toes may you know his love when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night may you know his love in the most difficult moments of your life may you know his love in the most joyous times of your life May you know his wisdom as it always is with you and all you have to do is ask. May you know that God loves you. All of you. And he's with you always. You are never alone. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Go in his love this morning. Go in his love. And don't just go in his love, but tell somebody else about his love.